Verizon spent $45 billion on the last FCC auction for Spectrum. In the second part of my interview with Tammy Irwin, CEO of Verizon Business, I discuss how that Spectrum will be put to use. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. So I want to talk about the recent FCC auction. Uh, Verizon spent $45 billion uh, purchasing wireless spectrum. That's a lot of money. Uh, the, the auction was for the so-called C-band spectrum, which for folks who don't understand, it's what's considered mid-band, and it's very valuable because it's got a nice mix of speed and coverage. Uh, right now, the most of the carriers kind of use low band or a mix of what's known as millimeter wave or high band spectrum. And so this is kind of like the Goldilocks kind of best of both worlds process or, or spectrum, right? So I, I want to uh, talk a little bit about what Verizon's plan to do with that C-band spectrum. And, and I know you went over this uh, in your investor presentation a few weeks back, but if you just give a quick overview of you know, the timing for the for this spectrum and really when both end users and businesses will actually get a chance to, to take advantage of this new round of spectrum. Yeah. So listen, your the Goldilocks example is perfect. Um, it is the sweet spot of spectrum that we've been after for a while. Um, we have a wide swath of millimeter wave spectrum, as you know, but having the mid-band spectrum to be able to complement that. Uh, we've been very clear in our intention that we expect to continue to build millimeter wave and layer in C-band. Uh, what we like about what we acquired, I've got a little higher number than you, $53 billion when you include the cost to clear spectrum. Oh, right. right. We committed to another $10 billion of immediate spend on going really, really fast with the build-out. So we got a big number we're building against. Um, but I'll tell you what, what I like. Listen, we got 161 megahertz nationwide. So we've got a nationwide uh, coverage across the continental U.S. Super important. It wasn't available in Alaska and Hawaii. Uh, we also got 60 megahertz of early clearance spectrum. So you might know that there was 100 megahertz of early clearance spectrum. We got 60, and that was in the A block. We like the A block because it's furthest from the satellite. Uh, and ultimately, in the final disposition of the spectrum, we get 100 megahertz of that A block. We're sharing it with AT&T for early clearance, but over time, they have to move and we get 100 megahertz of that A block, which we think is really important. Uh, we have made a commitment that within 12 months of having access to this, that 100 million people will have access to our CBN 5G network. So I like to think about that as how quickly will a consumer or business have access? And listen, our, our guys have been building this with the anticipation that we would win Spectrum because it was an important part of our strategy. And our plan allows us to go take our 4G sites and drop in the radios for 5G C-band. So we were already clearing, preparing for and building with the expectation that we could layer into our existing cell sites. And actually, because of the way mid-band spectrum works, the cell site frequency that we have with our macro sites is perfect for the disposition of C-band. So we will move very, very quickly. It's why that incremental 10 million was an important commitment because Kyle and his network team will go very, very fast to be able to build this out. Uh, the other thing I really like when I think about this, you know, that we've got 46 markets that will benefit from the early clearance of the 60 megahertz. Uh, but the other one that we do it is we've got up to 200 megahertz in 158 mostly rural markets. So when you think about, you know, how do we get um, internet to the rural markets. For us, this was a really important play to make sure that we had lots of spectrum because we've been pretty clear that millimeter wave spectrum allows us to build in dense urban populations 
venues, kind of dense where you have need unlimited capacity. As you get into the rural markets, you, you need coverage. And when you can deliver 5G coverage and the capability this will deliver, we were intentional about our rural strategy, making sure that we secured up to 200 megahertz in 158 mostly rural markets. So not only do we have nationwide, but we've got a lot of depth. We essentially doubled our spectrum holding in this auction, and we're very targeted about how we did it. Early clearance was important, and then clearance for rural markets was important to our long-term strategy. I want to jump on the the rural market side there. Like, I know you guys have invested in Verizon Home using your millimeter wave spectrum. Does that mean you'll be deploying Verizon Home using this new C band spectrum as well? Because that's okay. So this, that's a big opportunity there. That that was exactly why in the rural market. So our fixed wireless access, or what we talk about now, is broadband anywhere. Um, I can deliver one of three ways. I can deliver it via my FiOS footprint, which I love that FiOS foot you know capability. Um, I can deliver it via the fiber build. So we've talked about the fact that Kyle's team is building up. 1,200 to 1,400 miles a month in fiber build to support mobility. And now I can deliver it via millimeter wave or C-band, depending on what I build. And when I have the depth of spectrum that I have in my rural markets, I have the capacity to be able to serve rural markets for broadband anywhere. And so fixed wireless access becomes a real product offering for rural markets in a way that I couldn't do with my 4G network because I didn't have the spectrum. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And, and the, to clarify things for our listeners, particularly with their devices, uh, are the devices that are the 5G devices that are in the market now, will they be compatible with C-band, sort of future compatible, or will they have to buy a new, a new device, a new product? Yeah, 70% of the devices that are out there today of the 5G devices are C-band compatible. Um, and so on 12s have not only millimeter wave, but C-band. And those will not require an upgrade. Now, I suspect Apple will have something fabulous that will require that you <laughs> want to do an upgrade. But right. no, the, in- the intent is that 70% currently of our base that has 5G devices, uh, they're embedded with C-band as well as millimeter wave. Well, that that's good to know for iPhone users. Uh, in terms of, we talked previously about Mac and Mac applications, and I'm curious how the C-band spectrum uh I guess opens the doors for different kinds of applications. I know with right now a lot of it's being used. You're using millimeter waves, so the range is a lot shorter. With the wider range of C band, like what can you enable? You know, we talked about self-driving cars, and that that's obviously a, a very obvious application. But what are some, I guess, the less obvious ones where where you can take advantage of that added coverage and range? Yeah, listen, I, I think when you think about C band, think about it as a complement to take our 4G network today and deliver the power of 5G from a speed and a latency performance standpoint. Um, with the depth of spectrum that we acquired, the throughput capability will be very, very good in our rural markets, and then we'll offload volume in our urban markets with millimeter waves. So we we really believe we're building uh, a network for the next generation that allows not only low latency and high speed, but tremendous throughput, regardless of where you are in the U.S. And so then you begin to unlock these applications and solutions for not only mobility, but for fixed wireless access and for edge compute. And uh, with C-band, we just expect to be able to go faster to accelerate the work that we had previously planned to go faster on behalf of our customers. And the ecosystem, as the ecosystem really begins to build up, more and more people have access to 5G. Think about 100 million customers in the first 12 months. 
complement that with what we have in millimeter way. People are going to start coming back to Times Square and big venues. All of a sudden, people are going to experience 5G in a really meaningful way. And I think the acceleration then of applications and solutions that take full advantage of low latency, high speed uh, sensor densification are going to happen very, very quickly. Uh, and we're seeing that already in the conversations we're having with CIOs that are really imagining what 5G can do to transform their roadmap for digital transformation. So um, I, I think it's the right, the right time because we bring millimeter wave to life as people come back to venues and campuses and Times Square, and we build out C-band aggressively um, with you know nationwide spectrum that will allow us to really complement what we have today with millimeter wave. And you know, you talked about the using C-band. It's, it's going to take about twelve months for you to deploy to put this stuff to use. Uh, now, T-Mobile is out there. They already have some mid-band spectrum. They they acquired it from Sprint, uh, and so they've been out there talking about their their network uh, and the five G coverage that they they can offer. And the fact that they've got a head start on basically you and AT and T because of the spectrum, or because of the auction. I'm just curious to get your thoughts on that and and what sort of five G race looks like, you know, this year and beyond, especially as the C band spectrum gets put to use. Yeah. So first of all, um, I would say always look at the results we deliver today versus what they deliver, and whether you look at Root Metrics, JD Power, or any of the others, we consistently deliver the best most reliable network experience for any wireless user today. But a couple of things I think are really important to understand about kind of the physics of how their spectrum works. Number one, they do not have contiguous network uh, spectrum across the country. So they've got bits and pieces. I like to think about it as a little bit of a Swiss cheese play. So they can insert C-band where they have it, but they don't have that contiguous nationwide coverage. So that's number one. Number two, um, we are not leasing, we're licensed outright. So they're leasing their spectrum, we are licensed outright. So in leasing their spectrum, they have, um, you know, we have the ability to build quickly because we don't have to clear locations where they have to go if they're now in a position where they're leasing it, they've got to clear the leases to be able to have access to some of that spectrum. So it's a Swiss cheese map and they don't have the license to it. They have to go back to the people that they're leasing it from for C-band. And then listen, I think that there are different power consumptions for the spectrum that they have. I won't get into the physics of that, but it's worth talking to Kyle or one of the network guys in terms of the power consumption and where they have to turn down power based on where their spectrum is. So there's a lot of differences between how we're building ours and where we're building. There's the biggest one being that we've got contiguous coverage across the U.S. Uh, and and you plan to brand the C-band, the mid-band spectrum as part of the ultra-wideband service, which is sort of the same name you use for the top speed, the, the Times Square example that we, we give out. Uh, I'm curious if you think that will confuse consumers at a time when there seems to be a lot of different names for 5G, and I'm not just I'm not just pointing fingers at you, but every carrier seems to have at least two or three different names for 5G. Uh, is does that does that confuse things? Does that uh, make it a little bit unclear as to what you're actually getting or which flavor of 5G you're getting? Listen, I think the performance of C-band and millimeter wave for uh, most of the use cases that people use will be so synonymous that I think it actually creates simplification for customers. You either have 5G NR, which is 4G with dynamic spectrum sharing and different kinds of dynamics on that for the purpose of coverage, or you have 5G either built on millimeter wave or C-band. 
that will give you high speeds, low latency, and the kind of throughput that you require for the applications and solutions you use. Where it will become more important, I think, is for people that are building out applications and solutions that require the full eight currency capability that a 5G standalone core will offer as you begin to get into the build of millimeter wave and some of those capabilities. So, you know, we've talked about the eight currencies. So not only low latency and high speed and throughput, but sensor densification and lower power consumptions and customized network slices. And you'll begin to get into that with millimeter wave in a very meaningful way. For for an enterprise, that's a big deal. For a stadium, that's a big deal because you've got a different kind of use case. But for the general consumer, whether they're using millimeter wave or CPAN, they don't care. It's they, they, they should have very similar performance in that UW category. Do you think we'll get to a point where it'll just be 5G? It'll be simple for everyone. Um, I don't, and I'll not for a while because not all five Gs are built equal. Um, I would put to test our five G against anybody, and I think for people to know that the device they're buying, having it say five G in the corner of your device, is not enough. What kind of five G you're accessing becomes really important. So I think it'll be a while. I think very quickly we'll know and begin to be more educated as consumers than we are today. And listen, we've made it a little hard on consumers because it's like, what is 5G and what does it really deliver? And what does edge compute mean? And what's NR versus UW? And why do I care about spectrum? But this will become really core to how we think about what's possible and what's probable. And that's why it's important for us to go fast to get it out to ur- urban markets and then rural markets, particularly as we look to close the digital divide. Great. Well, Tammy, uh, thank you for your time. That was really appreciated. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Roger. We're excited about what we're doing and thank you for the interest in how it comes to life for customers and for businesses alike. That concludes my interview with Tammy Irwin, CEO of Verizon Business. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash dailycharge. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.